This week on Frame Tracks, we're going to be listening to music from one of the largest superhero franchises ever created. It's The Dark Knight. That's right, this week on Frame Tracks, it's Batman. was created by Bob Kane and writer Bill Finger in 1939 for the DC Comics publications. He uh, was first uh, referred to as the Batman and is sometimes still called that. He's also known as the Cape Crusader and my favorite, the Dark Knight. Batman it tells the rather dark story of a man named Bruce Wayne, who is an American millionaire, uh, who, uh, having witnessed the murder of his parents when he was very young, grew up to become a masked uh, vigilante, and he took on the bat-themed costume in order to uh, strike fear in the hearts of his uh, opponents. Batman eventually became the protector of the fictional American city, Gotham. What makes Batman uh, so unique and unlike most other superheroes is he has no superpowers. Uh, He uses his uh, money, his intellect, and uh, his martial arts skills in order to uh, take on his uh, enemies. Batman remained in the comic books until the late 60s when uh, ABC turned the property into uh, a rather campy but also very famous television show starring Adam West. As campy as it is, we all know the theme. Uh, So let's get right to it. From the late 1960s television show, Batman, this is the main theme. Thank you. 
The Batman TV series ran for um, only uh, three seasons, roughly, and it, uh, but in that period, it uh, created 120 episodes. So uh, there's a, a, a lot of the, the Batman lore to explore in, uh, in uh, that series. Uh, the main composer for the score uh, for the series was a man named Nelson Riddle. And uh, although most of the music was uh, pretty campy and pretty low budget, um, he did he did have some good gems in there. Um, I really enjoy, especially now, the the um, uh, the jazziness of it. Uh, the uh, you know, it, even though it may have seemed silly, uh, or still does seem silly, the, there is some good work going on in there. Uh, like uh, in this track from uh, the made for TV movie uh, that they they only did one of the series. From 1968, uh, this is Nelson Riddle with Filthy Criminals.
And so that was Batman for uh, the next 20 years. Uh, people only knew Batman through the comic books and through the campy TV show. Uh, and mostly Batman, because of the show, was uh, essentially ridiculed and, and made fun of. But in the background, there was a cult following. Uh, the show gained popularity and the concepts definitely became more and more popular. Uh, and as it should be, uh, Batman endured a rebirth uh, through the comic books. In 1988, uh, Frank Miller uh, wrote and drew and created Batman The Dark Knight Returns, telling uh, a futuristic story of a 50-year-old Batman who uh, comes out of retirement. The comic book was a huge success, and Warner Brothers quickly put into production a movie not based on uh, the Dark Knight property, but uh, Batman in general. And uh, when I heard, I tell you, when we heard that uh, Tim Burton, director of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, comedian Michael Keaton, and Danny Elfman, composer Danny Elfman, who was the uh, former frontman from Oingo Boingo, when we heard the three of them were going to be creating uh, the creative for the Batman movie, we were crushed. We really thought, uh, you know, the general audience thought that um, this was going to be a colossal failure. Uh, but as we know, uh, the following year in 1989, the film Batman was a, uh, a huge success in, in so many ways. Uh, not only was it a popular movie and a well-made movie, but it, uh, of course, created Tim Burton's career as well as Danny Elfman's. But it also not only did it revitalize the, the Batman series, but it also revitalized or actually created uh, the comic book superhero film uh, concept, which, uh, you know, is very commonplace today. But none of the movies from today, the, the X-Men's or the Iron Man's or Avengers or any of those would, would be, or you know, enjoying the success they are with out Batman. Before 1989's Batman, there, of course, was uh, Superman, uh, which had uh, a good deal of success. But by the late 80s, uh, that had run its course, uh, and it looked as if superhero films were uh, going to die. And uh, Tim Burton, uh, you know, just, just blew our minds with uh, uh, the Batman film. And, of course, Danny Elfman created a phenomenal score for that film as well as the sequel. Uh, so, you know, you know, we all know the theme, so let's, let's hear it. From uh, 1989 Tim Burton's Batman, this is Danny Elfman's Batman.
I tell you, one listen of that, and uh, you, you just you know you have something spectacular on your hands. Uh, Elfman uh, composed just a just a brilliant score for the film that just recently came out on an ex, uh, expanded uh, edition of the of the soundtrack. Uh, very highly recommended. The score is, uh, is is as I said, just a, a remarkable score and probably uh, arguably uh, Danny Elfman's best. One of my favorite scenes in the film is the, is this great scene where the Batmobile is rushing back to the Batcave. Uh, Tim Burton took a lot of time and effort to show the beauty of of the design of the Batmobile as it, as it went down the street. And Danny Elfman wrote just a, a beautiful piece for, for, for the scene. From Batman, this is A Descent into Mystery. Unfortunately, in the late 80s, uh, uh, the studios were working heavily on how to uh, make even more money off of movies. And one of the geniuses at Warner Brothers came up with the fact that they could have a uh, popular score, a pop score, along with the uh, Danny Elfman score. So they brought in at the very last minute, actually, uh, Prince to do some songs for the film. When the release came around for uh, the Batman soundtrack, there were Warner Brothers uh, announced they were going to release the Batman soundtrack. Everyone obviously assumed that they meant the Danny Elfman score. Uh, on the big day of the release, uh, it was the Prince soundtrack only, no sign of any Danny Elfman music. And furthermore, Warner Brothers went as far as to say they had no plans to release the Danny Elfman score. Uh, there was a huge uproar in the uh, not just the soundtrack community, but also the film community. Uh, a lot of people felt like they were uh, duped and misled, and, and it turned out, um, you know, the the print score did very well, but it wasn't, uh, it, you know, a fraction of what the Danny Elfman score eventually did. So after a lot of uh, uh, complaining and a lot of uh, letter writing, because back then it was letters, uh, Warner Brothers did finally release a, a short but still uh, admirable score uh, for the Danny Elfman uh, music. But I do think I wouldn't be telling the whole story Story if I didn't include some of the Prince music uh, in this collection. So uh, from the 1989 Batman Tim Burton film still, uh, this is a Prince's Party Man. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence.
1992, Tim Burton, uh, Michael Keaton, and Danny Elfman all returned for the sequel, Batman Returns, which uh, was a a darker telling of the uh, continuation of the story. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie, but uh, audiences were not prepared for the multiple uh, villain storylines that were were in, and and ultimately it was a a, a darker film than the first one, which was already a a dark film. Burton was, was trying to take it into an even darker area, and audiences, I think, were yearning a little bit for the, the humor and the campiness, uh, you know, of the TV show. We weren't quite ready for the, the dark leap yet, but the film holds up. It's a wonderful film. This time around, uh, Warner Brothers uh, bailed on the Prince concept, realizing that that uh, wasn't really the best thing for the film, and Danny Elfman uh, handled the uh, score beautifully once again. Uh, he wrote a really hauntingly beautiful theme for uh, one of the main villains, uh, the Penguin, and uh, we're going to play that now from uh, the 1992 Tim Burton sequel, Batman Returns. This is the Penguin theme.
After Batman Returns, Tim Burton uh, and Michael Keaton actually pulled out as well as Danny Elfman. So the entire franchise was turned over, uh, unfortunately, to uh, not a nearly as uh, you know creative director, uh, Mr. Joel Schumacher. Uh, the the next two films that came out of the series, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, are are just. Yeah, there's really no way to explain it. They're they're terrible movies. And please, you know, if you haven't seen them and you hear me saying these words, I, I beg you don't you know be curious and go see how bad they can be. Especially Batman and Robin. Uh, it that is just truly one of the worst movies ever made. So you don't encourage it uh, either of those films by by viewing them. Batman Forever was decent. Uh, it had Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face, and uh, the Riddler was played by uh, Jim Carrey. And, and both were admirable performances, but uh, Schumacher just made one horrible t- decision after another after another. Uh, the first of which was to abandon the entire uh, direction and concept that that Burton had already laid down. Uh, they got rid of the Batmobile. They got rid of uh, the the original designs for Gotham City, and they reworked the whole uh, concept. Uh, he brought in a, a decent composer, Elliot Goldenthal, who did a good job, uh, considering, uh, but. You know, he was given strict orders not to reuse or even emulate uh, Danny Elfman's theme. Uh, again, another really dumb uh, mistake on, on Schumacher's uh, part. But uh, again, I wouldn't be doing uh, the, the the you know Batman series justice without focusing even on some of the bad stuff. So, but and again, the score was not terrible. Uh, so, uh, from the 1995 Joel Schumacher film, this is Elliot Goldenthal's main theme to Batman Forever. I feel bad for Elliot Goldenthal. He really had his hands tied with these two movies. Uh, you know, Schumacher was was making uh, one bad decision after another after another. Uh, Val Kilmer, uh, who played Batman in Batman Forever, uh, just what became impossible because the director was difficult to work with and Val Kilmer was difficult to work with. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones also said that Schumacher was terrible. Um, so, you know, in the end, um, you know, by the time Goldenthal was brought in, it, you know, he had to, to make, you know, decent, a decent film out of, a, you know, a not a good movie. Um, and unfortunately, the sequel was met with even, you know, worse uh, uh, problems. Uh, I'm not even going to play any music from Batman and Robin because, you know, the, the it was just such a bad movie. But I will play another one from... Um, 
uh, Batman Forever, uh, showing that he has a little bit of humor. Uh, the the Goldenthal titled this track uh, a, a funny title, but it shows that Goldenthal can handle some of the action uh, that was you know being you know put upon uh, him in in this movie. And I thought he did a, a again. I thought he did a decent job considering uh, you know what was what was uh, being put before him. Uh, so from again the 1995 uh, Schumacher film uh, Batman Forever. This is Fleeter Mouse. March music. the uh, abomination that was uh, Batman and Robin uh, Batman uh, laid low for you know, a while in, at least in the film world but on television he, he thrived in uh, an animated form having uh, the Batman the television series also in 2001, he appeared in the animated series The Justice League, and uh, it was a, a actually a well-made show. One of the high points of the show was the theme, so I thought uh, you know to, to tell the full Batman story, it only seemed right to include it. Uh, from 2001 animated series Justice League, this is the main theme. So Batman was on an upswing. Warner Brothers was trying desperately to undo the damage that it had done, and it was doing it quite well. So uh, it was only natural that they would go back into the films again. Uh, this time they turned to uh, acclaimed director Christopher Nolan, who brought together just a brilliant cast. Christian Bale as Batman, Michael Caine, Gary Oldman, uh, Liam Neeson, uh, you know, Morgan Freeman, Rugger Howard, a lot of great actors, uh, you know, even in, in just my minor supporting roles. Uh, the, only, the only weak part of the film was Katie Holmes, who played uh, Batman's girlfriend. Uh, but the the film titled uh, Batman Begins was uh, um, a, a much darker, much more realistic uh, uh, telling of the Batman story, bringing it really uh, you know full circle, uh, kind of doing what Burton was trying to do, but you know without the campiness. Uh, the the campiness now has pretty much been you know completely replaced by uh the the uh um, the overtly dark tones and and the, the struggle the you know, the emotional struggle that batman was having uh batman begins uh, opened in 2005 and was uh, very popular 
To do the score, Nolan brought in uh, Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard to work on the film together. Uh, They did a a remarkable job. Uh, Zimmer has been well known for, um, you know, not going for the proper instrumentation and, you know, kind of making the bubblegum scores. Uh, But I think in Batman Begins, he and um, uh, James Newton Howard did a a fantastic job. They nailed the themes. Uh, They they completely rewrote the feel. They did not go the same direction as Elfman um, did in Batman or in other superhero films. Uh, they created a, a new feel, a darker, um, almost a more ominous evil feel. Um, so from that film, 2005's Batman Begins, uh, this is Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard. This is the end credits from Batman Begins.
In 2008, Christopher Nolan returned to the Batman uh, film, making uh, the sequel, The Dark Knight, which uh, was, uh, to this date, probably the greatest superhero film ever made. Uh, he, re- he replaced uh, the Katie Holmes, who did, a, a, in my opinion, a terrible job in the first film, with uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, who did a, a absolutely fantastic job in Dark Knight. Uh, Aaron Eckhart was brought in to play uh, Two-Face, Harvey Dent. And of course, uh, Heath Ledger, um, who died soon after the film was made, he uh, put in just a remarkable, remarkable uh, performance as the Joker. Um, The Dark Knight brought back James Newton Howard and Hans Zimmer this time, and they seem to have a lot more uh, fun playing in the Batman arena this time around. Taking a lot more liberties, uh, especially with the uh, Joker theme. Uh, but uh, again, they, they turned in a, a brilliant score for a, a brilliant movie. In uh, 2012, the gang is supposed to get back together for the final film, and I'm uh, very much looking forward to seeing uh, what they come up with again. Uh, the, it's going to be titled The Dark Knight Rises, uh, and Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard have both already agreed uh, to do the score. So it looks like we're going to have a nice uh, uh, trilogy uh, for those films. Uh, we're going to wrap it up this uh, time around with a track from The Dark Knight. This is I'm Not a Hero.
If you enjoyed listening to Frame Tracks, please log in and leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to email me questions, requests, or comments to info at frametracks.com. That's F-R-A-M-E-T-R-A-X. And please support these great composers by purchasing their music. Until next time, this is Frame Tracks.